Hello, thanks for checking out the KZMC podcast. My name is April King, and I am the Associate Pastor at KZMC. This podcast is a recording of sermon teachings from our 9.30 a.m. Sunday morning worship gatherings. We release a new episode every Tuesday. If you're looking to check out our Sunday mornings, you can find our live stream over on our YouTube channel on Kingsfield Zurich Mennonite Church. We would also love to have you join us in person. You can find out all the details about our Sunday mornings on our website, kzmc.ca. Thanks for listening, and have a great day. Thank you. So I just, I don't really want to announce this because it's not that important, uh, but the winners, the, win, the winners of the... The winners of the Chuck-a-Puck were Denver and Jack, so congratulations Denver and Jack. And of course, the winners of the Holy Board Tournament, well, that was me and Elena, so. <laughs> my shoulder's a bit sore this morning. I have some calluses on my fingers. Um, tough match. I think I had a good partner. I think that's. <laughs> I think I could have played with my feet and we still would have won. So thank you, Elena. So this morning we are finishing out a series on Colossians. And it's been a good journey. I'm kind of glad to be done, but I'm also sad that we are finishing it off. And there's a beautiful picture of a Peloton, which we're going to talk about today. Paul, in this last chapter, is really, again, in the home stretch. He's kind of already taught what he wanted to teach, and he's just finishing with some personal thoughts and some personal greetings. And, you know, many times when we read Scripture, we get to a chapter like that, and we kind of see, well, it's just Paul talking about his buddies. And when I was younger, I would just skip to the end and just go on. And I think I was really missing some profound points. And so... I chose to read that this, this time really carefully and just slowly. And I think what's fascinating is as you read a chapter like that, it's almost like a time machine. You get to go back in time and you almost get to peek into Paul's personal life, that he had all these people around him. So my title for this morning is To Do It All in Community. And what do I mean by all? Well, all the things that we've been talking about over the last many weeks, you know, Focusing on Christ, not getting distracted, uh, casting off certain sins and certain behaviors like anger and lust and malice and getting rid of that stuff and clothing ourselves with uh, all these fruits of the Spirit and humility, um, not letting people judge us and get us down. You know, we talked about leave the training wheels behind and just ride for Jesus. In Christ, you've been, bought, been brought to fullness. All these things we've been talking about. As Paul finishes off, finishes off this letter, I think he's leading by example and saying to us, guys, everything I've taught you, do it like I do it, in community, with people around you. And so uh, a memorable statement or memorable thought, if you're a note taker, you don't need training wheels, but you do need a Peloton. And Many of us think now that the word Peloton is that company that sells those really expensive exercise bikes. But the word Peloton, if I'm right, if Wikipedia is right, is actually a French word for platoon. 
And in, the, in races like the Tour de France, you'll often see these giant groups of riders. Well, why do they do that? Do they do that because they want to be close to each other? No, they probably all stink because they've been cycling in the hot sun for hours and hours. They do that because there's an advantage to going together. The guys who are at the front are getting most of the wind resistance, all, almost all of it. There's actually studies they've done that the people who are kind of riding in the middle here, they're only getting 5% of the wind, that the guys at the front would be getting 100% of it. So it's a huge advantage to be in the middle, right? But they take turns. If you watch these races, they cycle through. The ones who are at the front are not always at the front. There's a cycling through. And nobody can win a race like the Tour de France without riding in the peloton. There's no one who just goes out in front and takes off for the whole race. You have to go together. And so my thought for us this morning, in our Christian journey, in our walk with Christ, you can't do it alone. You cannot do it alone. You need to ride out your faith in a peloton. You need to have community with you. You will not stand on your own. You will get obliterated. So as I said, Paul is winding down and he gives us a glimpse into his personal life. And I think we'll see in just a moment this beautiful picture that Paul paints of community that he has. He has people praying for him. There's a community of prayer and he's praying for others. But he also has this beautiful network of people that are around him. When I was uh, in the Philippines, it was about 2008, and Liz and I got to go up to this village way up in the mountains. And there was no way to get to this village other than a muddy mountain path. There's no road, there's no helipad, there's no, even for motorbikes, there was no way to get up there unless you hiked it in. And so this village had what every village has in the Philippines. I mean, we're talking remote jungle village and you walk into the village and there's a corner store and guess what is being sold at the corner store? There's a big red sign. Coca-Cola. Unbelievable. You can buy Coca-Cola. The other thing that's in the village, every village, is a basketball court. Filipinos love basketball, which is kind of interesting considering most Filipinos are fairly short, but they are mad about basketball. And I played a lot of basketball growing up and in college. I cannot keep up with those guys. They are fast. So anyway, we're up in this mountain village. There's a a flattened piece of dirt, and there's a basketball hoop at each end. But holding up, I mean, I notice things that are made or welded or built, and I'm noticing these beautiful steel poles holding up the, the, the rim and the backboard. And I said, how did you guys get those up here? I mean, those are big, those are heavy. And they said, well, it took a year. And what they did is they dropped off these poles at the trailhead where the road ended and the trail began, and over the next year, any time a family or a group would walk by that pole, they would pick it up and take it five, ten feet, however far they could get it. And a year later, the poles made it to the village. And I've always thought, isn't that a beautiful picture of what you can do in community? There's some pretty big guys in this congregation, some pretty strong-looking dudes. You could not move that up that mountain 
by yourself. Nobody could do that on your own. You needed help. There needed to be a community to do it. And it's exactly the same in our walk of faith. You are not going to get that pole very far by yourself. You need community. We need to journey in our walk or ride of faith with others. I wrote here in my notes, community is like jet fuel for your Christian journey. It is like jet fuel for your Christian journey. If you walk with other brothers and sisters in your faith, and I know there's some of you that know this because you're involved in groups. You know the power of community and how necessary it is. And in just a moment, we're going to look. Paul paints a picture of a community of prayer and a community of encouragement or a network of encouragement. I thought for a moment, well, if this is true, why do so many of us seem to want to go it alone? What is it about us as people? We kind of want to do things on our own. And then I thought, well, that's not totally true. I, I'm starting to see the younger generation of Christians, like younger than me, you know, people under, under 30, <laughs> younger than me. I think they realize, wouldn't you agree? They realize the power of community. They're much quicker to talk about their hurts, their hang-ups, their struggles, and they, they very quickly can develop a network of people around them. But people my age and older, from my perspective, we seem to struggle with it. And I thought, well, why is that? When I think about growing up in the church, I didn't have an example of someone who would quickly share their, their struggles. They seem to want to paint this picture of, I'm tough and I can do it all on my own. They didn't portray weakness. They didn't talk about their struggles, which is one of the reasons why myself as a pastor, I'm, I'm very willing to talk about my weaknesses. I'm very willing to talk about my struggles. I, I don't want to model a, that I, I can do it all on my own or that I have got it all figured out. I don't. I need help. I need you guys. You need me. We need to do it together. So let's just quickly look at this passage. We won't, we won't read it all again, but I do want to pull out a couple of points. The first one is that Paul knew the power of having a community of prayer. He says this in verse, verses 2 to 4. He says, Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message, so that we, mo we may proclaim the mystery of Christ, for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly, as I should. And if someone has their Bibles open, will you turn to chapter 1, verse 3? What does Paul say he's going to do for the Colossians? Or what does he say he's doing for them? What's he doing? We always pray for you. So Paul is praying for the Colossians. And what does he ask the Colossians to do for him? Guys, pray for me. I'm going to be praying for you. You pray for me. Listen, if prayer didn't matter, Jesus wouldn't have talked about it. Paul wouldn't have talked about it. Prayer matters. As your pastor, guys, I need you to pray for me. I cannot do this job without it. 
I need you to pray for me. And I'm going to pray for you. And you need to pray for each other. We cannot do this. We cannot make this journey without prayer. We need to be riding together. And one of the ways we ride together is to pray for each other. Pray for each other. Okay, community of prayer. The next thing, community of support. I'm not going to read it again, but in verses 7 right down to the end, Paul paints this beautiful picture of intimacy and profound deep connections with other believers. He uses words like this, dear brother, faithful minister, fellow servant. He encourages your hearts, our faithful and dear brother who is one of you. We're co-workers for the kingdom. They have proved, they have proved a comfort to me. He's wrestling in prayer for you. Give my greetings. And on and on, there's this picture of this network of people that Paul knew, that knew him, that were supporting him, that were supporting the church, that were supporting each other. We're meant to be in community. We get this glimpse into Paul. Paul wasn't, sometimes we think that Paul is this stalwart, unstoppable force. He wasn't alone. He was not alone. He had people walking with him, strengthening him, comforting him. We need community. And we don't have time this morning, but if you want to write in your notes, there's three people in this list that Paul gives that I think are worthy of a mention. Onesimus, Demas, and Mark. You look up their history, who they were. These were guys who had blown it. These were guys who had made mistakes. These were guys who struggled. And Paul had a conflict. Remember, Paul had a conflict with Mark. And they split ways. But he's mentioned here in Paul's list of, of people on his team. Some of us are going to mess up. We're going to make mistakes. But we need you on our team. We need to work together. The truth is we're probably going to have community. You're going to have community of some kind. Whether, you, whether from work or hobbies or just living life. You're going to have community around you. But I do want to talk for a minute about the fact that we do need to be careful who we choose in our community. So years ago, I had a, had a friend come and do a service. This is a football from the CFL. Do you guys have a team around here? Is there a team? I don't hear about them much. but And I'm going to need, a, I'm going to need a, an assistant. James, do you want to assist me? Can you stand over there, James? So I'm going to throw the ball to James. It won't be a sweet spiral because I can't throw a sweet spiral, but let's just, let's just see where this ball goes, okay? All right. One more. We won't wreck anything. Oh. <laughs> All right. Thanks, James. So, yes, you can give him a hand. So how did James know where to put his hands to catch this ball? How did he figure that out? He kept his eye on the ball. He kept his eye on the ball. Because it suit, yeah, he saw me do it, yeah. But as soon as this ball left my hands, it was on a trajectory, right? A predictable path from here 
to there. So as that ball is first few moments of flight, the amazing mind of, of James was able to predict and move his hands and catch the ball. The trajectory of this ball was set, right? It's not going to change course halfway through unless there's a giant wind gust or someone jumps up and hits it. It's going to travel on a very predictable path. I'm glad I was able to throw it to him. He didn't have to dive for it. In our lives, our trajectory is set by the people around us. Have you heard the saying, show me your five closest friends and I'll show you your future? Have you heard that before? Your community will determine your trajectory. So if we surround ourselves with people who don't want to follow Jesus, who aren't interested in growing, who want to reject Christ and just live for the, the pleasures of this world, etc., what's going to happen to you? They are going to influence you to follow their trajectory. It's the truth. Now, I'm not saying we need to just become hermits and reject every non-Christian friend we have and reject people who have backslidden. No, we are called to be salt and light to this world. You have to live and be in this world. But the people who are closest to you, the ones who are in your peloton, their, their trajectory will determine your trajectory. So we need to be careful who we choose. We need to choose people who are seeking after Christ, who are laying down their lives, who are wanting to follow him and wanting to be closer to him. Because that's the path that we want to go. So, I have a job for all of us as we close out this series. I'm going to need a couple of assistants. Our volunteers, Peter, come on up. Scarlett, if you want. I might need one more. Here. I want, yeah, Olivia, come on up. So, I, you go ahead and give one of these to everybody, okay? Everyone should get one. There should be enough for everybody. All right, and on this piece of paper, there are two sides to this piece of paper. On one side, it says community of prayer, okay? And it says I, and then there's a blank for your name. Commit to praying for these three people this month. I want us to practice what Paul is talking about here and develop our community of prayer. I want you to write down the names of three people in this church that you're going to pray for this month. Now, don't put people on here that you normally pray for. Don't put family and close friends that you already pray for anyway. I want you to pick three people that maybe you haven't thought of or you don't know really well. Write their names down and commit this for one month to just pray for them on a regular basis. You can stick this in your Bible, stick it on your fridge, somewhere you'll see it. We need to be praying for each other. We really, really do. We need to be praying for each other. On the other side, it says community of support. And then there's another blank for your name. It says, I, David, commit to encouraging these three people this month. You don't have to write these names down now. You can take some time. But I want you this month to encourage those three people. 
What do I mean by that? Well, you could send him a text and say, hey, I'm thinking of you praying that you have a really good week this week or whatever. Or maybe it's someone you know. They're going through stuff. Say, hey, thinking of you. Know what you're going through. You're not alone. I'm with you. You're not walking this journey by yourself. Or you could, you know, maybe stop by their house. Take them out for coffee. Bring them a pie. A pie will make anyone happy, right? You know, just encourage someone. And they, they don't even have to be down in the dumps. Did everyone get one? Is there any missing? Thank you, assistance. Good work. Good job. You know, they don't have to be down in the dumps. Maybe they're just having a normal week, but you feel like, yeah, I'm just going to encourage them. Boy, there's been times in my life when people have reached out sort of just out of the blue. And it's so encouraging to know that I'm not alone, that someone's thinking of me. Now, don't take it for granted. Don't think, oh, they don't need to be encouraged. Everyone needs encouragement. Everybody needs it. So let's, let's try to develop that this month. Encouraging each other and praying for each other. You know, maybe this is a picture of our church in a way. All of us going together, working together, and there's times where some of us, we've got strength. We can go to the front. We can take the brunt. There's times where some of us, you know what? I need to be kind of in the middle right now. I can't handle a whole lot. I need help. I, I need, need you guys to run with me, ride with me. If we were all individually riding that race, we'd be dropping off like flies because you do run out. You do run out of energy. You can't, you can't do it all on your own. How much more could we accomplish riding together like that? How much faster, how much farther could we go as a community? So I really appreciate the women's ministry and their desire to be commissioned. But as we were just talking about it in our leadership meeting, we just felt like, let's commission everything that goes on as well this morning. So I'm actually going to ask you to stand with me this morning. I'm going to close in prayer before we sing one more song. Would you all stand with me? Because we're all in ministry. We're all part of the Peloton. There's no support trucks that we're riding in. No one's sitting on the sidelines. That is us. Together. A body. We're all in ministry. And there's lots of ministries going on in this church. Kids, youth, adults, the rest home, and I'm not going to try and name them all because I'll miss some and then people will be, well, what about that? So that's your job this morning. As I pray, I want you to have in your mind a ministry that you know of in our church or maybe it's the ministry that you're involved in. And as you hold that up, I'm going to lead us all in prayer and we're going to bless all our ministries this morning as we close. And then we're going to come and Greg's going to come and do one more song. So have in your mind a ministry or the ministry you do. And as we pray, we're going to hold them all up. So let's pray together. Lord, I thank you. I thank you that we have a peloton to ride with, that we are not alone. Lord, I thank you for KZMC and the wonderful community and the ministry that is happening here. 
Lord, we collectively as a body, we come to you and we lift up everything that's going on. Lord, even the things that nobody notices, the things that happen, the people who are praying, perhaps they don't even have an official ministry, an official name, but they're, they're part of the group. They're riding with us. Lord, we pray for the big ministries, the ones that are noticed and the ones that go unnoticed sometimes. We lift them all up to you. God, would you bind us all together in unity? Would you help us to pray for one another? Would you help us to support each other and encourage each other? Lord, help us to ride the race that's marked out for us. Lord, bind us together as just a tight-knit group. And Lord, help us to keep our arms and eyes open to those who are new, that those who are just trying to join. God, give us grace. And God, every ministry that's done, bless it in Jesus' name. Strengthen us, watch over us, help us to serve you, and fill us with your spirit. Direct us. We commit the rest of our week to you. We pray for blessing on everyone here and for those at home, those maybe listening later in the week. Lord, may they feel part of this team. May they feel part. May they feel connected. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. <laughs>